0: Blog
1: Talk Radio,
0: bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC Media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show.
1: Good evening, listeners. It is I, William Powell, a.k.a. the king of DC Media. Tonight, my guest star, director Kevin Love, writer Jenna St. John, and stars Dion Ardain and Dan I straight from the historical suspense thriller, Dinner with the Alchemist which had its world premiere at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood, California, as part of the Dances with Films Festival on June 3rd. To keep up with the festival schedule, aim your browsers to dinnerwiththealchemist.com. Here's a quick synopsis. In the early 1900s, a wealthy alchemist, Jacques St. Germain, travels to New Orleans to seek help from the legendary Voodoo Priestess Marie Laveau when a state of murders are uncovered. Ducks and the quarreling locals butt heads. So I see that Kevin, Jenna, Dan, and Dion are on the line. So let me just kindly bring them on in.
0: Hello. Good evening, everyone.
2: Hello. Hello.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Dion. T- Hi.
1: Hey Dion, how you doing? All right. Yeah, your show, uh Orange is the new black is coming on again tomorrow, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Let's plunge right in. So Kevin, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and ask you I know you've directed um a lot of commercials in the past, but did you feel fully prepared when you took on the helm of the this this your feature film debut. <laughs>
3: uh, well, thanks for having us. Um, I don't think I felt fully prepared. I don't see how anybody could feel fully prepared for something as totally insane and stressful and emotional and roller coastery as doing something like a feature film. But I think, yeah, I, I directed a lot of commercials. I directed a lot of short films and web series and things. And... I, I wouldn't say I was fully prepared, but I would say I was I was itching. I had to do it. I had to take that leap and and go for it and and go for something big. You know, it's like when you can't wait any longer, then you gotta you gotta do it.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. So uh, Dion, you play the granddaughter of the original Marie Laveau. So talk a little bit about your character.
0: Ah. Uh... What can I say that I think people don't already know? I mean, Marie Laveau is is an iconic uh, figure in in history, in in voodoo lore, in in sci-fi and everything. And so I wanted to just bring, I guess, my my person, myself to it. it. It was an honor to play a role. Uh, of that caliber, you know, being, being such a strong historic female figure in in, in the world that she's from, um, it's almost like, you know, playing a Harriet Tubman character, um, not to equate those two in any shape or form, but it's when you're playing someone that's historically known, you know, I feel like there's only so much you can do with it, but I, just based on my training and You know, my love for the work that I do is just bringing truth to it as much as possible. That's right.
1: Absolutely. So, Dan,
0: I know you've played everything from gypsies
1: to vampires.
4: What drew you to this role? Well, uh, the character, it's a fascinating character and uh, also working with uh, Kevin and Jenna. And just for the record, uh, my name is pronounced Dan. And uh, no offense i know uh, uh, you know oh, the huh? but it's dan uh so, but it happens all the time so no big deal <laughs> but uh so the 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 character is a very elusive and fascinating and fascinate and uh, um uh, fantastical character, and nobody really uh, uh, knows who this guy really was, and that's what uh, what was challenging about the character but uh uh, Attracting, attractive in the same time, you know. The, he, Jacques Saint Germain, appears in different times in history, uh, supposedly on different, uh, uh, you know, in different places uh, of the earth, different uh, at different, uh, you know, in different historical phases, and uh, uh, it's, it's just uh, nobody. Even in in the film, we don't really explain uh, what this character is uh and that was uh that was uh, challenging but it uh, gives you great freedom of how do you uh, portray such a uh, you know larger than life character so uh I, for me it was uh, uh what what I did I I tried to bring it as much as I could to my own uh experiences you know uh, you know i was born in transylvania and i moved uh, i i traveled all over the world and then i, I moved uh, to united states and uh my life so far has been a, a great adventure that had you know it had to do a lot with uh, the acting world and um in general, I, I, I got the somehow I got to play a lot of supernatural characters, you know, like you know Dracula or Mephisto in Faust or uh, Victor Frankenstein. These were in theater, but uh, um, I'm I'm uh, pretty comfortable, I would say, in that uh, realm. So,
1: so yeah, that's it. I
4: don't know, Jenna. I know that you've been an actress,
1: and uh, so what drew you to writing?
2: Um, I've always written. Um, I grew up writing um, and performing, and so the two have always gone hand in hand. For me, I actually got my master's degree in fiction writing um, for prose, and got into screenwriting um, right around there as well. I was frustrated by a lot of the roles I was auditioning for, um, the female characters. So I just figured I would write I would write better roles. Um, But I've always considered myself a storyteller And writing and acting And dancing too I also dance ballet They all kind of feed into that
1: Yes Excellent, excellent Now Kevin, I know that uh, there are Over 100 effective visual effects Shot for this film So talk about some of the challenges you had Putting all of that together
3: Yeah, so it's A period piece, and I think uh, we're all a little bit crazy for trying to attempt a period piece um, as a little (laughs) indie film without uh, proper financing behind us, without a studio behind us. Um, There's there's a reason when you go to little film festivals or you're scrolling through a list of indie films, you don't see a lot of Supernatural period pieces. So... My my brother and I are pretty savvy with visual effects, and and most of those 150 shots are just uh, clean up shots, paint shots, as they're called, um, which is just kind of getting rid of stuff that shouldn't be there. Oh, look, there's a there's a street sign in the background that's that's out of place or out of time. Um, oh, there's a security camera in the background. Oh, there's a satellite dish in the background. Oh, there you know. So there's a lot of that work, and it's just it's just very time-consuming, and it was mostly a matter of me hunkering down and blocking out my calendar and, and rolling up my sleeves. Um, the other the other really sort of fun thing that we did was in, in order to create some of the locations that don't really exist anymore, like the docks in New Orleans. You got to imagine that you know this this takes place a little over 100 years ago. And the docks in New Orleans were totally different than they are now. They were a bustling hub of commerce. It was blue-collar, working class, people getting stuff done. Uh, and now the, the, the Mississippi right there up against the French Quarter is a park, you know, and it's a place where tourists go to take sure. pictures. It's not, you know, there's no heavy machinery loading bananas in and out. Um, so, so in order to recreate that, we tried to, we, we tried to get creative, and we were looking through Library of Congress pictures um, from the time period, just mostly just for us to learn, you know, for us to look at, okay, what was the wardrobe like? What kind of hats did they wear? Were there power lines? Were there, you know, to, to learn about the time period. And then looking at these pictures and what a wonderful high quality these pictures were, I started thinking to myself, you know what? I think we're going to be able to do something with this. I think that if we blocked our scene a little bit like a stage play, and got the actors to kind of hit some very specific marks, and I got the camera angle just right, I bet we could film our actors on a green screen and insert them into a picture from 110 years ago and bring that picture to life with our actors. Um, So we did that for just a a select few shots in the movie that really kind of just helped open up the world and, and bring us into a more authentic time and place than we could have done otherwise because we just simply didn't have the resources to build an elaborate set or uh, have, you know, huge, uh, huge production design like that, that it would have required to do it another way.
1: Fascinating. Fascinating. So Jenna, talk about some of the scary stories you heard about uh, New Orleans. and they have like the stories about vampire cats and the whole thing. I mean, Talk a little bit about, you know, those stories and how that inspired you to write the scripts. Uh,
2: there are so many stories. There, um, it just, it's an endless well of stories down there um, if you delve into the supernatural. And for them, for New Orleans, it, the locals will tell it like, like a story, like mythology, but there's, many of them will tell it as though it is fact, and so it was like being in another country, being down there, um, where it's just so spiritually charged, where all the ghost stories, 50% of the people believe them. Um, and when I was doing research down there um, for, you know, for the different roles and for um, one of the characters that the locals believe is now a ghost, um one of one of the the locals told me that this ghost character um gave her toilet paper in the middle of the night when she so for her these characters are very much alive and real you know i um so there was there was a lot that i had to do to honor honor their mythology um and not to poke fun at it to take it seriously um but this story, in particular um there is a lot of mythology that I wove into dinner with the alchemist um and it just it was a few that I felt could fit together well and a compelling cast of characters but there was just there was a ton there's so much that I didn't even tap my toes into
3: and we had a bit of fun you know, when we were down there you know without without giving anything in the, it was the movie away but we were filming on location in New Orleans at the place where uh, some of these events supposedly took place and we would hear the New Orleans uh walking tours come by and tell portions of the story that is included in the movie but every tour that came by would tell the story differently you know so there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of leeway in how they think about it you know um and so there's there's certainly some liberties we can take um but, yeah, if you go down and you take a, a New Orleans walking tour around the French Quarter, it'll it'll kind of ruin the movie a little bit for you, so:
1: No, no, yeah, <laughs> fascinating. It comes down to how they, how the tour guides remember history. So Dion, so I know that you like to to go for roles against Types, so talk a little bit about the research that went into creating this role.
0: Research for Marie Laveau was a lot of, um, honestly, for me. I, I remember going through, like, first of all, Googling, just simply Googling her name um, and reading as much as possible that I found online, but also looking at images to try to get the essence of her because there are these, they're like. Actual images of her Of of how she was And then I feel like There are these Fantasized Stylized images Um, And you know Looking at that And working with You know The costume designer And knowing like There was a certain look That uh, Jenna and Kevin And the costume designer Wanted Um, So you know Looking Looking Also at that And getting that In mind Of okay What is What is she wearing What does she look like And of course I know I don't look exactly like her, but I don't think any of the actresses that have played her look exactly like her, but capturing that essence from the the photographic sense and then capturing also from knowing her story, her history, um, and what history has reported about her, and then, of course, what I can bring to it from the script and the writing and the story that Jenna provided. So it was like a a trifecta of of things. And I'm, I'm a big... Um, brain actor You know I, I spend a lot of time Getting trained to get out of my head But when it comes to stuff like researching Story or character like that's My thing like I'm a huge nerd And I love to read and I love to Research so um, It gave it, I got the opportunity to, to do that in, in in doing research for this For for the movie and for the character That I was playing Fascinating so, Don, you, know, Thank you.
1: you You really love the uh, this character. I know you really, really lo- love Jock. So could you see yourself reprising the role in the sequel? Uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Kevin, Jenna, come on, get on it. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I would... I, Yes, I would love that. Of course, uh, I I love the character. It's one of the, the the most uh, uh, the characters that I love the most that I played on film. Not that I did a lot of characters, but it's definitely the one that I like the most. Uh, it, it, a little bit, if of, if I may, uh, if if I may make a parallel with uh, roles that I've done in theater, uh, um, uh, reminds me a little bit of the of Mephisto, uh, which is my other like. Favorite character that I've done on on, uh, on stage, you know, uh, the uh, Mephisto and Faust, because uh, this type of character uh, uh, gives you a great freedom. Practically, there's nothing that you can that you would do that uh, is uh, off limits in a way, the way you behave, the way you uh, interact with uh, the other characters and so on. Uh, Even, you know, there's a scene in the movie in which uh, he's alone. You know, you can pretty much do anything. As long as you, you know, you commit totally to it, it can be part of the character. Uh, uh, Because, as I said, there is not much out there about Jacques Saint-Germain. And and so you just have to, you know, behave truthfully in the... um, in the, the circumstance of, you know, in the, in the specific scene that you're playing. So, I think one of the things yeah.
3: that Sorry, that to, I think, you know, talking about these historical characters and what Don and Dion do with it, you know, you can certainly read up on them and research them and figure them out. But in the end, they were, they were people and the people that were writing are just people that Jenna wrote are just people. And so on the day, I think Don and Dion just have to be very sort of in the moment, inauthentic to themselves. Um, and, and just play that moment and a little bit, you know, forget about all this history stuff because, you know, the, the movie is not a history lesson. The movie is not a history class. Um, the movie mm-hmm. is, is drama. It's between people. It's, uh, you know, people butting heads and, and living and dying and crying and laughing and loving and losing. And, um, and so, so that that personality that they bring to it, just being in the moment and sort of—I don't want to say being themselves because they're not these people—but
0: <laughs>
3: that's what I what I love so much about about their performances, and also I I think is interesting about doing these kind of period pieces where we're playing historical characters. I totally Correct. I totally uh, agree. No, I was just going to say if I
4: may, I totally agree because uh, uh, if you do too much. Uh, uh, you know, too much research or, uh, and nothing against research, Dion, by the way, that's, it's great Keep on, keep on <laughs> doing that. That's very important. But what, what I'm, uh, what I'm saying, you know, a lot of times, uh, the, the, the trap that you can fall in as an actor. And I, I, I speak for myself it's, is that, uh, um, you try to play a concept, you know, or a, you know, an image of a character oh, and that's, yeah. uh, you know you don't you don't want to you I you know you don't want to do that uh, you know as as Kevin was saying you know these are people and uh, I don't think you know uh, human nature uh, in its essence changed too much uh, throughout uh, the history of mankind you know we are essentially yeah. the same it's just you know put different clothes and. Maybe behave. Uh, maybe you have a little bit of a different uh, a manner in which you move on or speak. But uh, those are the, the the last touches that you put on the character. The most important thing is the truth of that situation. So that's kind of how I, I approached the the whole thing, you know. And uh, yeah, it was it's been a it's been a joy every every second on set and then off set uh, talking and working on it.
1: Excellent. We've Go ahead.
0: If I if I may interject, I totally agree. You know, yeah. the, the research is, is there to provide for me personally as an actor because it's it's trying to act a stereotype. I mean, that can only get you so far. You know, trying to act um, a description on paper. Yes, of course. You know, as an actor, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my truth. I'm gonna bring my essence. Um, I'm also so it's like I take all of that knowledge, but then I just have to. Also, throw it away. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's not the only thing I'm basing it on. So I just want to clarify that. But that for me, that's part of my, quote, unquote, table work as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know everybody works differently. You know, some people just kind of get into it, and there's that, too, playing around with things or, or what have you. Um, but just a, a part of it uh, for me, if I can, you know, just clarify
1: Excellent. Excellent. So we may have a uh, a a question here. The the switchboards are just lighting up, folks. Uh we've got a caller oh. here. I don't know. Yeah, uh they're uh two four eight. So number two four eight, I'm gonna quickly quickly bring you on in. Uh please identify yourself, uh ask a question. Uh if you don't we'll just keep it moving. Okay, so two four eight, you're gonna be on the air in like three seconds. Hello, who's on the air? Hello. Hello. You have a question? Hi. I'm, I'm stuck in a car wash. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> okay, who's calling? I have to go around. I'm on the phone. I'll be right back. Let me do it. I'm sorry. Okay. I was stuck in a car wash that wouldn't go. Um. I just want to know
2: when is the next showing of Dinner with the Alchemist? Thank you. Um, there are there are a few that we're waiting on that we're confirming screening dates um, for. These specific listeners in the DC area, we will have our DC premiere on October seventh, um, and that is the opening night of the Real Independent um, Film Extravaganza, and um, we have. We're still locking down a couple of other dates um, that are not set in stone yet. Uh, but well, that is, I'm that is the one that we it. do have for D- DC area. That'll be exciting. I love you guys. You know who this is. That's it. Is Aunt Kate? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Aunt Kate. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, guys have a good uh, time you. with this. Okay, thank you. I really, really enjoyed your premiere a couple of weeks ago. It was fabulous. Thank you, you. A thank job. you,
0: Kate.
3: Great job. Yeah, thank, See thank you, thank you, <laughs> Kate. Just a follow-up. We have we we have submitted to a ton of other festivals, and you know we'll keep it current on dinnerwiththealchemist.com. You can sign up for a mailing list there, and uh, we'll send out an email every time there's a new screening announcement, and we'll have a calendar up there of any screenings that are upcoming. So, you know, we just did our first, our one first screening, and now we're going to try to branch out and uh, find as many uh, as many great venues to play as we possibly can.
1: Yes. So now, Jenna, you tried once before to get this project off the ground, and it, it sort of crashed. So, so talk about that. I mean, talk about the challenges of, uh, of you know, moving past that and uh, some of the challenges that you faced.
2: Um, it was a challenge. It was it was a blessing in disguise. Um, the script was completely different. It was a completely different team. Um, and unfortunately and fortunately, I had to pull the plug on it. Um, and just I started afresh. I did a page one rewrite. It is um, completely different. Um, uh, as the actors that were in the old version in this version know, um and yeah um i i almost wish i would have found a different title but i kind of fell in love with the title dinner with the Alchemist, so i kept it um just to remove it from that first the i guess the first false start because it really is a different project um but yes mm. it, it is i think it's always challenging to pick yourself back up and um just keep moving forward
1: Oh absolutely absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, talk about the the score and the amazing work of uh, Ingrid Berger.
3: yeah, so um well, the Ingrid was uh one of our violinists who did a fantastic job, and we actually had you know live musicians play the score, which is written by John Piscatello, who's a Los Angeles composer who is wonderfully obsessed with getting live musicians. And one of the things that happens, I think, a lot on these lower-budget projects and on these indie projects is that people do their scores totally in the box, Um, and that means in the computer, you know? Um, Yeah. So the computer synthesizer fake orchestra thing does does a very competent job but it just doesn't bring that humanity that a real human brings, you know, and particularly for this project that was a, a period piece. It deals with voodoo and, and uh, magic and the clash of sort of this world and the next and the supernatural, and it had this old, you know, sort of textured feel to it. Um, computer music just doesn't feel right, you know? <laughs> so having uh, having a composer... Uh, who, who you know, scores something that sounds very organic that has a live harpist, a live violinist, a live a, a string quartet, and and really builds the score out of that idea, out of this world of this old world of mysticism, and makes a score that agrees with that. Was we're just we're just so lucky, we're so fortunate. I mean, the movie, the movie without John Score and the movie with John Score is a completely different experience and it really it really elevated some of the some of the sections so much that I, I I could sit here for the next ten hours and say nice things about John and about his score and about the process mm-hmm. of uh working with him. Um, excellent. but that would bore everybody to tears, so I'll shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent. So now now uh Jenna talk about the costuming I, I saw some of the images and they were fantastic. Talk about that.
2: Um, we brought on our production designer and our producer, Erin Goldstein. Erin Goldstein, I'll say that again. Um, and she, she's the one who costumed and did their props and our production design. Um, she had a huge job. And she was brought on very early, along with looking at the archival photographs, um, doing research. And she started a Pinterest board and really created – all of these looks um, out of, I don't even know how she did it. She went to thrift stores and was altering clothing to fit the time period. Um, she just did magic. And I don't, <laughs> the Dinner with the Alchemist would not have existed without her. Um, she just brought so much to the table. And, um, and the whole look of the film, which is a huge part of it, is all due to her.
1: Fascinating, fascinating. So, uh, Dion, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I want you to talk about Kevin's directing style. How did how did you Ooh. find that? I like <laughs> it. He was
0: such a tyrant. He's so mean. <laughs> Not at all. Kevin is what I like to call um, an actor's director. You know, and I don't know if it's something that's used in film a lot. I know coming from theater, um, it's very important when you have a director that um not only is, you know, lord of the project, um and, and, and knows what they're doing in that sense, but is sensitive to your job and your role in the film and makes sure that you get it and that he's explaining whatever needs to be explained. Um, you know, I I, I felt supported, I felt cared for. Um and 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 motivated and like, all right, I, I can do what I need to do. And if I wasn't, he he would let me know. And I didn't get frustrated, it wasn't like a bunch of takes so he's like, all right, great job, let's do one more which is like so annoying when that happens, it's like, well if it was a great job, why do I need to shoot another one you know, it, like even if Kevin wasn't listening on the call, I would be singing his praises, and Jenna as well and, <laughs> um, and Gus, you know our DP, and it's just everyone and it, it, it's important because Kevin set the tone you know what I'm saying, because it could be a really annoying and horrible process if the director is an ass you know or he's right mean, or he doesn't know how to manage so it was great i i i look forward to the opportunity of working with kevin again i wish other directors that i work with in the future are that amazing you know and i've worked with great directors too but it's just like on an indie project you you man it's the luck of the draw sometimes so <laughs> i i feel very grateful and very fortunate <laughs> You know, Excellent. even as much stress and pressure that they were under, you know, with everything going on, they were great under fire, absolutely, 1,000%. I would
3: I would just like to say that I agree with everything she just said, and she's absolutely <laughs> accurate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Don, we're going to go to you. Now, I know that you train as an actor over there in uh, Romania. So what's some of the yes, schools sir. you picked up uh during your training that you brought into your career
4: uh, well you know in Romania they start you with uh, psychological realism with uh, Stanislavski and then they uh, take you through the Greeks and then classicism and Shakespeare and what not de l'Arte and everything but uh for whatever reason, you know, people kept on telling me, you know, you're good at movement. And then uh, I, I did a lot of uh, movement theater in, I mean, movement based theater in Romania as well. And then when I moved to, uh, to the States in D.C. working with Cinetic, they kind of took those skills to the next level as far as uh, stylized movement, uh, uh, modern pantomime, acrobatics, stage combat, and so on. And, and what that does, uh, despite of uh, what a lot of people think, uh, uh, it actually gives you uh, all those things, uh, give you great freedom as an actor to, to, to go places, and and you know a lot of people talk about you know theater acting is very big and demonstrate uh, like uh, you demonstrate and uh, uh, whereas film acting is very uh, uh, subtle and uh, small in, in your gestures and, and expressions and so on which is true uh, but uh, what the the big uh, um, uh, the physicality right of of, uh, of um, movement theater, what that gave me was this, this uh, inner freedom to bring that when I'm playing these, uh, um, fantastical characters, supernatural characters. Uh, yeah. I, I, approach, I'll, I approach a character like that with no fear really. And, and hopefully I'll have a director that, uh, uh, um, uh, pulls me back or tells me, okay, that was too much or, uh, 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 you know, that doesn't feel real and so on. But I think that's the main thing that I, I, I learned. And, and one other thing I want to I say that I learned in Romania from my teacher, and I'm going to mention his name because I think it's very important. His name is Grigore Gonza. He was my acting teacher. And he would always tell us uh, to be sincere he would always use yeah. that term that, that 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 stuck with me, you know. And we would do a scene, and he would always interrupt you in the middle of the scene, and he would say, "I don't believe you," I do. and he was okay. not being nice at all. You know, he was just like very. Uh, and I, I I say that as a good thing, as a compliment. Like he would, uh, he he didn't compromise when it came to 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 being sincere. And I I every time I get on stage or I, I'm in front of the camera. Uh, after everything that, uh, in this case, you Kevin is telling me everything, 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 and we agree on something, and then you know, action. The last thing that
3: comes to my mind is be sincere. I, ho- I hope that makes That's
1: sense. Excellent. That's great.
3: I want to add. Excellent. I want to add one. I want to add one thing to that, if I may interject. Um, this is my uh-huh. top tip for all the actors that are working, or all the actors that are listening to us. That that Don does that I really like. I love Don's acting, obviously. We wouldn't have made him the title character of our movie if we didn't. And and one thing that Don does, and we talked about it a little bit, but I think part of it evolved out of uh, like a language barrier and English being his second language, but it's it's super useful, um, is that when I give him a direction, he will he will almost always kind of like repeat it back to me in his own words. And it's just like this, it's this really nice kind of like back and forth thing. And I think it just sort of started out with him, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it just sort of started out with him like kind of like trying to say it, make sure I got it, make sure I understand this language, this funny English language that this guy is speaking. Um, but it's such, a, it's such like a useful tool for a director to kind of have that sounding board of an actor speaking back to me because it saves us a lot of time. Because if I say, okay, I want you to do this, this next take, uh, you know, more flirtatious. And he says, you know, oh, okay, like this, this, and this and he, didn't quite, he wasn't quite tracking what I was saying, then, then we can make like, these little micro-adjustments in there before we, we roll again and we spend another couple minutes on a take and we're exhausting people's energies and all that stuff. So that kind of constant verbal sounding board is just, it's just the best, and I want, I want everybody to do that.
4: I think a lot of uh, just, to, just just to comp- if I if I may real quick uh, on yeah. on what Kevin was saying you know I think a lot of yeah. actors are afraid to seem like they don't know what they're doing or they're oh mm-hmm. I'm being stupid or I don't understand or, you know or I'm not uh, sophisticated enough enough and guess what you are stupid sometimes I, you are not sophisticated enough but you have to be honest in communicating with the director. Because otherwise, you, again, you you're just uh, pretending that you know what what he's asking you. So that's what I'm doing a lot of times. I'm just making sure that I get what he's telling me. So and then we, Kevin was, was amazing. And it, it, since we, we talk about you know Kevin and, and we, uh, you know let let me add to uh, to uh, to that. <laughs> uh, I I think I just want to say this. I, I I think that 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 Kevin is the true alchemist of this uh, film. And and he turned every you know yeah. he turned like 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 this this, this dire uh, situations that we were in into pure gold really and and, and uh, he's he's a he's a true he as a person and as a director but as a pr- person he's a true aristocrat and, and uh, he's a super intelligent uh, human being and those are those are uh, amazing
3: uh, uh,
4: traits for a for a director that's all that's all I had to say. About
3: Kevin I would just like now. to say that he's absolutely correct, and I agree <laughs> <wholeheartedly>. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was nice.
1: Yeah, yeah fascinating, fascinating. true. So, Kevin, we're wearing you out tonight. We're wearing you out, but talk a little about – it's kind of a two-pronged question. Um, kind of rattle off some of the names that some of the people here in the DMV would recognize. I know you cast a lot of us here in this area. And then kind of segue from that into uh, the commitment to uh, diversity and the, and the whole thing about trying to, to have a diverse cast.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we cast a lot of uh, the people, you know, I mean, the vast majority of the cast is either a DMV person or a former DMV person. People on the phone here, you know, Don and Dion. Uh, we you know we know them because they are from the area you know and then the next one the, the next obvious one is uh, Megan Graves who plays Mary which is sort of the other the other uh biggest character um, and she's a local theater actress that just works a ton and does great work um, and then you know so much of the cast is is uh DCers but that are also sort of DC expats um like uh Sophia Medley and Kristen Rogers and Reagan Wilson, um, who are are all, all from the D.C. area, who've worked with many times, who are now uh, living in L.A. Uh, Joe Feldman, who's a D.C.er who's in New York now. So everybody's sort of scattered to the wind, but it was all it was all really really based around a team here, and we only brought in you know a couple people from from outside of the area or that, that didn't have that weren't originally from the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, in terms of the diversity thing, you know, it's just it's really interesting and challenging um, tackling a period piece because, you know, I think the world, you know, used to be. I mean, there is still racism in the world, but the world was more racist a hundred some years ago. Um, but that's not the story that we wanted to tell. It didn't. It, this movie is not about race relations in any way. It has nothing to do with that. And and that's not the world that we wanted to to focus on. And it's not the world, you know, it's not... Yes, that's a problem in history, and there are many great movies that tackle that. But that's not something that we wanted to focus on. And at the same time, we didn't want to use this sort of, like, lazy excuse of saying, like, you know, okay, well, really long time ago, you know, people of color were subjugated, and so we will subjugate them in our movie. Um, New Orleans was, was... Actually, a very progressive place and well ahead of its time. And you know, Marie Laveau, the original, the grandmother of the character that Diana Dane was playing, who was of mixed race and was was a legendary, you know, respected character in the community amongst people of of all ethnic background. And so I think we just, you know, we just took a look at this and said, you know, is there a way to do this movie and do a period piece? And just just be more diverse and be more inclusive and and, and you know, paint the world in the way that, that I would rather see the world, if that makes sense. And I think there is a way. I think it's easy. You just have to you just have to make right. the deliberate effort.
2: And this is most yeah. stories. This is most stories that are being told have nothing to do with race, but yet they tend to have all-white cast with maybe a token black guy or a token minority character. Not, not just all-white
3: casts. all-white male casts.
2: Right. Um, so we, I mean, we had to check ourselves a lot of times. We were going through casting, and one of the later roles that we were casting is um, Pete, um, who is the bar owner, um, who Kenyatta Rogers plays, and he is fantastic. And we we had to check ourselves and say, you know, this is, this is leaning a little too white for us. So let's just make an active effort to cast, cast this character of Pete as a black bartender. And we found, we found Kenyatta, and he was fantastic. But we had to recognize kind of our own brainwashing of what Hollywood is doing to us. Um, you know, just seeing yeah. seeing characters as white as a default, and that is that is something that I think any filmmaker moving forward needs to check themselves on.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I have a question that came into the chat room. The chat room really blowing up. Uh, Nyesha Witten Wilson, who uh, actually auditioned for you guys, uh, she's some. Um, from the New Orleans area, she's from New Orleans, and she had a question I guess uh Kevin or Jenna, you could answer this uh She says here, uh, how long did it take to perfect the casting?, Ooh.
2: so long, I feel like we were casting forever um, we for I feel like we started casting um november November, October, November um of twenty thirteen um and then finished finished around may the beginning of may wow yeah. um, it,
1: it, it's, yeah, so.
3: it's, it's a challenging cast with you know a very a very diverse cast uh, age wise and yeah. uh ethnicity wise and um everything and and so it, it was a huge effort and uh Joy Haynes, also a DC local who is now living elsewhere. It seems like everybody worked in this movie and then skipped town.
1: But um
3: Joy Haynes was our casting director and really helped us pull a, a ton of people together and we saw we saw hundreds and hundreds of people, hundreds of tapes and hundreds of people uh to, to put together this movie because not only is it a is it a diverse cast, but it's just a big cast. It's got a, a uh I think twenty-five. I want to say twenty-five speaking roles, which is just mm. a lot for a little indie. So, it was tough.
1: All right, we're having so much fun. We're having so much fun. So I, I think we do have time to squeeze in very quickly. Uh, Don and Dion, talk about your uh, your audition experience and, and uh, how that went for you. How you felt doing that, and then we'll just wrap up. Go so down. Uh, you're on.
4: Uh, oh, okay. Um, I uh-huh. uh, initially I was uh, initially in the in the first uh, start of the project. I was uh, uh, cast as Antonio, actually, and uh, I was very excited and and uh, um, I was looking forward to doing the the part of course, you know, uh, and uh, n- getting to know the 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 whole story and. Uh, uh, seeing, um, you know, the Jacques Saint-Germain character, I just, uh, it was one of those things uh, when when you go like, that is my part. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I, honestly, I just, uh, I, I know that sounds such like a cliche because a lot of actors think that all the time. You know, it's like you're doing uh, uh, uh I don't know, you're, doing, you're playing Mercutio and you think you want to play uh, Romeo or, or whatever, you know, you, you, you think you should be Hamlet. But it wasn't that. It was something else. It just felt, I was like, give me that part. I mean, I have to do that. Even though I knew, okay, there, there's already, I'm playing, you know, Antonio, forget it. And then guess what happened? You know, the the, the project just didn't, you know, the project stopped and then it started again later and uh, i get a phone call from uh, Kevin and say hey we want uh, you know we want you to read for Jacques saint germain and it was i was very uh, very happy obviously but uh, surprised and not surprised it just kind of the whole process it was so natural and so um,
2: mm-hmm.
4: it just went into that direction you know it's like one of those things i uh, um, uh, there is a Romanian saying. That they say that uh, whatever is yours, it's put aside, okay, uh, free. Mm. So, so it's very Definitely. interesting, and I, you know, I kind of, I kind of uh, believe that uh, in in my life, uh, in all aspects of my life. You know, it's a, it's a. Some would say it's a mystical approach to life. And that's kind of what keeps me sane in this uh, uh, you know fast paced uh, world and in this uh, you know crazy world of acting and so on i ca- I kind of believe that you know whatever is yours is yours and and this happened like that you know so um, of course, i'm very happy that uh, uh, Jenna thought that you know hey he he you know he could be a, a good fit and uh, I went and and I read, I think, and uh, then uh, we had a, we went and had coffee, and we talked about, hey, you want to do it? And, oh, my God, I, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want to do it. He's totally underplaying
3: this. He's totally underplaying it. I called yeah. him. I said, we would like to offer you the role to play <laughs> Jacques Saint-Germain, the alchemist. That's right. And I that's just right. hear that's on the right. other side of the phone, I hear him say,
4: yes, let's do this. that's. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's that's right it, it, it is not like that and, and after I hang up the phone probably I was doing a crazy dance in, in my house <laughs> I don't know we'll I was time. very happy so then uh, Deanne, yeah so take it away quickly talk about yeah quickly
1: talk about your uh, audition uh, audition experience experience and yeah um, and then we'll okay. wrap up with so, future projects okay
0: to be frank and honest, uh, from what I do remember, uh, it started with the audition process. Uh, again, to, to, to copy what Dan said, it was natural. Um, it wasn't, you know, stressful at all. Like, there were people in the room, like, waiting room and all that. Um, but it was, again, like, let's just see what you bring to it. I felt very comfortable, very at ease. Um, it was also two years ago, so I'm not remembering everything. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I think I also got to read with Marley, uh, who played, you know, my young cousin in the film at one point. Maybe it was a callback. But all in all, it was it was great, you know. Like, I felt good about it. And, and like, I felt good and I felt like they were blowing smoke up my you-know-what, you know. Because you know? um, <laughs> that happens. You're like, yeah, you did great. And then, you like, you never hear back. So, um it was. I I just remember a great experience, and obviously I did well because I got cast in the movie. So <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was a very. Nice let me interject briefly, but it was it was a really tough role to cast. Um, it, it was just a very specific thing that we had in mind for the Marie character, and a, and a and a very tough journey that she had to take. And so we saw hundreds of tapes, and I think we saw over fifty people in person. We were we were struggling to find somebody that kind of fit the mold of what we had in mind for that character. And then our casting director, Joy Haynes said, Hey, Dion, you got to check out Dion. And, uh, we are so thankful that she did because, you know, the rest is history (laughs) as they say. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you,
1: Joy Haynes. Down to about seven minutes. So quickly, uh, Jenna, talk about uh, the life of this film, uh, beyond festivals. And then, uh, Don and Beyond, let's talk about uh, future prof- uh, projects. Then we'll wrap up.
2: Um, the Regina? life of this film, Beyond Festivals, um, we are we're hoping for distribution. Obviously, we care. We our biggest goal is to get as many eyeballs on it as possible, and for it to find its audience. And I think we are heading in that direction. I feel very hopeful um, for it. And um just just writing a lot um uh, for for the next the next one, whatever that may be.
4: Okay. <laughs> All right, Don. What's next? Uh yes, uh, well, right now I uh, have a, another film that I co produced and I'm am playing one of the leads characters called Her Tango, which is a um, love story uh set on on a backdrop of uh, Argentinian tango which is a, a passion of mine. I uh, encountered that world uh, five years ago, and uh, it had such an impact on me that I said, I'm going to make a movie. And uh, I did make it, and uh, we're hoping to take it to festivals and, and so on. Uh, so that's one. And then uh, I also am working in parallel now uh, at uh, adapting a Romanian play uh, for film it's a play in two characters, and uh, we are shooting this as a film. And the title is The Story of Panda Bears Told by a Saxophonist Who Had a Lover in Frankfurt. There you go. <laughs> nice, nice. It's a, Fascinating. Yes, yes.
0: Uh, what am I working on? Um, let's see. Looking forward to doing lots more interviews for Dinner with the Alchemist. And <laughs> picking out, picking out wardrobe for red carpets—is that vain? Um, no, honestly, I've I've started writing. I'm working on a a web series. I'm also preparing myself for um, venturing across the pond into the UK. I just became a British citizen. Well, I I renewed my nice. British citizenship. I was born in an island, so I'm looking to expand my horizons across the pond um producing uh and you know writing and creating my own my own vehicle um just showcasing my shenanigans in life um what else auditioning you know training myself getting prepared um just being ready being ready for roles that are coming and and also working on my one woman show
1: great okay
0: having We'll finish up with you. Um, so uh, how can people
1: keep up with the film and just talk a little bit about uh, what's
3: next? Uh, sorry, what was the beginning of that? How can what the film?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the uh, how people can keep up with the film and uh, what's next for you?
3: Yeah. So uh, the best thing to do is uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at Kevin B Good. Or sign up for a mailing list for Dinner of the Alchemist um, at dinnerofthealchemist.com. Like us on Facebook. We're very social media-y, so it's easy to find us. And hopefully, we will be playing, you know, all across the country and all across the world. And I look forward to, you know, there's just there's just nothing like sitting down in a darkened theater with a big screen and a subwoofer that can shake your feelings out and nice. watching. You know, everybody turning off their devices and just sinking into the movie for the, the hour and 39 minute runtime. Um, so I, I just can't wait for more festival screenings. The experience at the Chinese theater was one of the best experiences of my life. It was it was wonderful. Um, and uh, so we're just going to screen that as much as we can, and then get it. You know, uh, once once that's run its course, we're going to ha- certainly have it. You know, available somewhere online for purchase either as a physical media or as a as a streaming. Um and then we're just working on other things. We're writing uh Jenna just wrote a, a, a pilot that we're finishing up and submitting to other things. We're keeping busy and making lots more. You know, I think it's just it's just a matter of uh creating constantly creating. You never know which one is gonna really gain traction.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, uh, Kevin, uh Dion uh, Don uh, Jenna, it was just great to have you on tonight. I'm just really excited about the film. Thanks for having Thank you. Thank, you. thank yeah. you so much. It's yeah. been a pleasure. A pleasure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, break you, legs William. and have great. a blessed night. Yes.
4: Thanks. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you. You too. Good night. Bye. Right. Bye, Ch- Ch- Bye. Okay, everybody. Uh, I'll leave you with this start of doing something for your career every day and breaking a leg. Good night. Looking for a show to see this weekend? Look no further than D.C. Metro Theater Arts. They've got reviews, Q&As with actors, and much, much more. Visit DCMetroTheatreArts.com That's DCMetroTheatreArts.com Tonight, tonight was a good night. You fought well,
4: and for that we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but
3: I don't believe that. Evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil. I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't always make money, but as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. FedChoice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. FedChoice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show.
1: Under
2: the dark you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight,
4: beat of my heart, you drum inside me,
2: somewhere my death makes a sound no one can find out.